there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. This is Tom coming to you from the Sada Studios of the Washington, D.C. Outpost, and 
I am happy to report that Nicholas is here in the Washington, D.C. outpost with me. Yes, I'm happy to report that this report is true. I'm sad to report that Tom Brady has quarterbacked another team to the Super Bowl in which uh, he will surely get all of the credit for a truly magnificent team effort by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the coaching uh, down to basically every last player on the roster, including one who shall not be named here who did score a touchdown in the game. But it's a, it's a happy day for us since we're here together in person. You guys are getting a field recording version of this because I got to hop on a quick flight tomorrow morning. But of course, it's a sad day, you know, uh, whenever uh, the Steelers are surpassed in Super Bowls by one man. So, Cousin Pat was here this evening, and you've never seen two guys exercise their Schadenfreude more than you did tonight. He handled himself pretty well. Nothing got broken. There were some small victories. I mean, they could have been massive victories depending on how seriously you took our advice on Twitter. Because if you checked out our Twitter, you would know it would be a smart idea to bet the over on Travis Kelsey's receiving yards. And you should have done it at Bet Online, baby. I told you before the game, fully confident that uh, the Chiefs would not uh, poop their pants offensively, that Travis Kelsey is basically impossible to stop from getting 100 yards. So you got to make that bet on the place with the best props, game, player, team, over, under, spreads, everything they got. You got to make that bet on Bet Online. And hey, I was wrong about their offense, but we were right about Kelsey having some yardage. So that, uh, yeah, one small victory there. And even though football's over, you can bet on any sport at Bet Online. So use that promo code Armchair when you check in there next time. Bet Online, ching, your online sports book experts. If all you do is look at the score tomorrow morning and you didn't see the game, your jaw would drop to see 31 to 9, Kansas City not even crossing the goal line. Yeah, and maybe they will at the very last second, and we turned it off because I can't watch the Super Bowl trophy uh, presentation. But I guess if we just want to start with a quick little hitter on the Super Bowl, to me it really comes down to one thing. I'm going to oversimplify this, but I do believe this theory. The Kansas City offensive line being decimated and having to play against a great defensive line in Tampa Bay is what sealed this game from the beginning. I mean, it was a revolving door. That offensive line. Mahomes didn't have time to pass really a single time the entire game. They were never able to get a rhythm going. Tampa Bay was, they were basically unstoppable on offense. They only punted, you know, like once when the game really mattered. But, you know, it was through a balanced attack. It was really through rushing and play action. A couple of their touchdowns are little play action ditties and stuff like that. So it wasn't like it was an unstoppable aerial assault. And I have to think that maybe if Patrick Mahomes' toe was a little bit better, maybe if the Chiefs had one of their starting tackles playing, maybe if the Chiefs had someone other than Wisniewski starting at guard, then the whole timbre of the game would have been different if the Chiefs are high-flying and throwing the ball all around the field. But instead, the Tampa Bay defensive line overwhelmed them. They were in charge the entire game. Kansas City can never get a rhythm. Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator for Tampa Bay, was pretty brilliant in his pressures. They had a multi-cornerback blitz on one of those first drives. They had people coming from everywhere. He was awesome. Obviously, Devin White, we talked a lot about him. For anybody who's been listening to the, to the podcast for a while, we talked about the two Devins before the Steelers got Bush. And White is a certified star and uh, yeah to me that's really what the game comes down to the biggest reason for the Chiefs losing but yeah they had no chance against that defense line today yeah so Mahomes looked absolutely mortal 
not, not, through, not through his own I mean, fault, he but. looked great. The, I mean, he was making incredible plays, but they, uh, yeah, they, they, the offense looked mortal, I'd say. Well, he was, he was running. He did look a little ambled, even though, you know, he's, sure, he's yeah. a fluid guy. He got off some really incredible passes, but he was pretty inaccurate at the beginning of the game in the first half, don't you think? I think maybe on the first drive he started off with the, the yips a little bit, but that, that yeah. drop by, by Kelsey early in the game on that third down play where Mahomes once again gets the ball, immediately has someone in his face, scrambles out of the way, takes the hit, throws the 20-yard rope, and it just bounces off brick hands for the most sure-handed guy in the, on the team, maybe in the league, you know. That was, that was a bad omen. So I actually thought he looked great, and then, you know, it really was just encompassed by, uh, by that play at the very end when he gets the ball in fourth down and nine, has to run all the way back to the 30 because he's under so much pressure, gets tackled, he's uh, horizontal with the turf and throws a dime to the running back number 31 as Williams and uh, just bounces off his face mask. <laughs> isn't, isn't this sort of something you can expect generally? If you think about the Super Bowl, it's, the, it's supposedly the best teams, but it's, there is more opportunity to have this kind of attrition in a game than there is at any other point in the year. Yeah, if you think about it, there's so much hype for the game, but at the end of the day, it's just it's a regular game. And I really think that those injuries on Kansas City were massive because it played to Tampa Bay's strength. So if they were playing in the regular season, you might brush this off, but you're going into the game thinking, we have a bad offensive line. Two or three of the guys are injured on the offensive line. And the other team has a great defensive line ready to take advantage of it. So then you forget, like, oh, yeah, for all the star power, look at the matchup. It's pretty tough. I feel like I've talked about this from the Kansas City angle the whole time. The, the Tampa Bay team was phenomenal. I mean, if you're a Tampa Bay fan, would you rather be – I mean, you'd never rather be anything except for a Steelers fan, of course. But think of what happens with Steelers fans. We got to win two. We went to three in a great streak there, right? And then we spent 10 years – sort of just missing the mark, if you will. Tampa Bay, they are only good once every 20 years. But when they're good, they kick the living crap out of people in the Super Bowl and they win by 20 every time they're in there. I thought, um, you know, I was having a lot of Tom Brady conversations before this game uh, and just saying that my opinion of Tom Brady is that he's definitively a top five quarterback ever. Um, I probably hear people gasping right now into the podcast, uh, but I just I don't appreciate uh, the fact that people want to say he's the uncontested goat when it just seems like there's so many factors that are saying he might be the goat, but there's other guys who have a great argument. When you look back at what actually happened in, in Tom Brady's runs, the first three Super Bowls, he's a great player. He's not the best player on the team. He's a very good supporting role player, much like how Ben was for the Seahawks Super Bowl. But yet we kind of retrospectively give him all the credit for that. Now he's won his seventh, so that whole he's the GOAT, nobody ever talk about it conversation will continue. But I don't know how you say that from watching that game and say like, wow, Tom Brady really overwhelmed the Chiefs there. That was the Tampa Bay defense and the offense as a whole, the running attack, and Tom Brady as a great part of that team. Look, I was going to ask you this question, but I'll, I'll just shoot it out there now. If we have to pick the MVP, you know, it seems like Tom Brady's going to be automatic, the quarterback who has three touchdown um, passes. But I could argue Leonard Fournette should be in consideration for that. 
Well, I guess we'll know by the time this this podcast comes out, but you guys get a a feel for where we're at right now. And I'm not trying to be this Tom Brady hater. I just love football and want people to have intellectual discussions about it. And and this will probably prevent that from happening. I don't think that this takes away. I I would never argue that Tom Brady isn't unbelievable and one of the best ever to play and, and possibly the best ever to play. But you've never seen him go on a run like what Aaron Rodgers did culminating in sadness for all of us Steelers fans where it really was one guy carrying the team on his back even what Patrick Mahomes did last year and what you saw tonight like hey if if Mahomes doesn't throw for 300 yards he can't just count on his defense to to, to win the day and this Super Bowl should really be celebrated for Matt Light for the the, you know the GM or the GM Jason Light right Um, of uh of Tampa Bay putting together a phenomenal team uh, through drafting and an incredibly aggressive free agency that was aided by Tom Brady's star power. Then you get a guy like Tom Brady who's immediately going to you know, make your team phenomenal in all aspects because of how hard he works and how damn good he is at football. But it's just not like he, he dragged them on his back there. He's not the first, second, or third best player on the team. He's just the most important position, and he, he played very well. But I just think it's such an impressive team they've developed in Tampa Bay from the top five offensive line to a receiver group that's literally seven Pro Bowl-type players deep uh, to the defensive backfield, to the linebackers, and to, of course, the MVP, if you could give it to a defensive line. I mean, that's who you have to give it to th- this time, right? But I'm not trying to take away from Tom Brady. I just I wish we could have more conversations about this, and I know it's going to be simplified into Tom Brady drags another team to a Super Bowl. Well, since all I can do is look in the windshield, are these two teams going to be matched up next year? They, they definitely could. I mean, I know that there's going to be some salary cap issues for uh, um, Tampa Bay, but honestly, if they let Godwin walk... And AB is probably not going to command a big salary in the open market. The receiving core could get better because I think if anybody's watching AB right now, he's the same guy he was in Pittsburgh. He just got on the boat late for Tampa Bay. So if they make him a significant part of the game plan, they, they return pretty much everybody else. And we know the Chiefs are awesome. So, uh, is, and particularly if the NFC doesn't have any more challengers, the way that they've been non-aggressive in Green Bay and, and Seattle and stuff like that. So we'll see what happens. But two amazing teams, the two most talented teams in the NFL, I think by a pretty wide margin and uh, great quarterbacks for both teams, great coaches. Thought that the Chiefs, you know, got outcoached particularly in the beginning not having any response to that crazy blitzing defense like i was telling you maybe this will be like when the steelers played the bills when the steelers overwhelmed josh allen with blitzing in the first half forced him into multiple turnovers but then the bills went into the locker room came out and had this short passing attack to take advantage of all the steelers blitzes and the the chiefs just didn't they weren't able to get it going so Sucks that it wasn't as uh, fun of a, a Super Bowl uh, as we would want it to be, and that uh, you know I'm not crazy about Tom Brady winning it, but it is amazing as a fan of sports to see a guy who's you know able to bring excellence uh, every single time he steps into a locker room or a training facility or a field for that matter. Well, there was some good news for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that is finally Alan Fanica makes the Hall of Fame along with. Bill Nunn, um, the guy who found the gold vein for the Steelers by looking to the small historically black colleges for talent. Yeah. If you think about it, there 
it, it just the fact that it took them this long to get in really shows the bias of these sports writers who vote for the Hall of Fame towards skill position and sexy things. Okay, let's look at the accolades for these two guys. What other Steeler player made eight straight All Pros? Not Pro Bowler, All Pro. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but that's what Alan Fanica was. He was the best player at his position, or at worst, second best player at his position for a decade straight. I, you know, my favorite player of all time is Ben Roethlisberger, but he doesn't have that type of resume. Uh, really nobody in the modern Steelers except for Fanica, Troy Polamalu, and, and Antonio Brown have really... You know, of course, Woodson, I'm not counting in the era, but like those are the guys who have been unbelievably dominant for their personal position. So he should have been in there a long time ago. And then Bill Nunn, the man has always, this, he's not a secret guy. There's a reason why he's up for the Hall of Fame. Scouting at those historically black colleges ended up in a team that was like 50% Hall of Famers on offense and defense. There's guys who aren't in the Hall of Fame who should be, but Steelers' exhaustion kept them out. He had four Hall of Famers in one draft class. Like, these guys should have been in before maybe even Lynn Swan and Jaws and Starworth. And I didn't mean to, to sully the great names of two of the greatest receivers we've ever seen, but you know what I mean? It, it just shows, like, I wish the Hall of Fame process could be revamped with some more people who maybe watch more film and, and read less headlines of narratives and stuff but that's the negative way of thinking about it but the only reason why I say that is to pay the correct homage to how truly dominant those two guys were and how clearly they belong in the Hall of Fame especially when we've gotten guys like the bus in and, and stuff like that it's just amazing there are all there are these hundreds of players that don't get drafted and let's not let's not look over there oh yeah and they were there just for the pick I mean maybe Maybe Bill Nunn. I don't know it, what his eye was for talent. I mean, obviously he got clearly guys, great, but he went into a pool where nobody was fishing, too. Right, but that doesn't even necessarily mean that you're going to pick the right guys. I mean, he picked no, the right I, guys I, yeah, too. That, right? that is not a backhanded compliment. But it, the bigger thing is like, hey, look over here. Yeah. So I mean, just adding to the typical eye for talent he had, you're bringing up the point that he was also innovative. So, I mean, yeah. he, he's such a shoo-in. I, I didn't think that they'd both get in this year. It just seemed like we weren't going to get some of these guys in, but uh, I guess Hutchinson got in last year, so that was kind of a an, an omen that Fanica would be allowed in this year, but uh, yeah, I'm so glad those guys got in, and uh, it helps offset another, another Brady Super Bowl here, and what about, did you have something else on that? Yeah, did, did you ever hear of the Deacon Jones Award? No. TJ Watt won that. Oh, (laughs) for the best pass rusher or something? Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. So you read my mind. The Steelers also did win the Bud Light Selly of the Year when Chase Claypool had the birthday cake celebration. It was a great celebration, but, you know, luckily Juju has made the Steelers the preeminent great celebration team in the league. But, yeah, Fanica and Nunn getting in definitely offset the pain of TJ Watt Predictably, right? Get, losing the, we knew he was going to lose that Player of the Year once the Steelers started sliding at the end of the year, and and Aaron Donald was just heating up, right? But yeah, it sucks that TJ Watt lost Defensive Player of the Year. He has now had two consecutive years where he was a very deserving winner of the Defensive Player of the Year 
uh, award and doesn't win it either time. So that just really hurts, especially when you think uh, the Steelers might have some lean years coming up. You know, we have faith that they can uh, return to their dominant ways, but the salary cap issues well documented. They could have some lean years coming up, and those uh, awards are based off of team success just as much as the individual success. So it just it hurts feeling like he had a, an ultimate chance and he deserved it and his numbers were outrageous and he, he couldn't beat out Superman Aaron Donald for the award. Do you remember last year, about this time or a month from this time, the torture that it was, like trying to figure out whether there was no football, there was nothing to talk about, no um, no combine, no training camp, and we just couldn't wait for football to get started? Yeah. It's over. Damn it. In the blink of an eye, a season has passed us, and we are looking on to 2021. So I think that... Uh, you know, obviously things will loosen up, it sounds like. You'll see a combine, there'll be, or, or there might not be a combine. I guess they'll have pro days, and that's how they're going to scout this year. But I think there'll be a lot more information. And the Steelers Yeah, no combine. Pod- we got, no combine. They got pro, pro days and stuff like that. But the Steelers Outpost podcast is going to bring you some of the finest draft breakdowns you've heard in two years. Yeah. Since we didn't do anything last year. Well, you're hearing out, well, this is a result of being busy, but uh, unfortunately we don't get uh, paid the, the biggest bucks. We just get, you know, a couple mil every year, and that's just not enough to have an entire draft uh, season afoot. But I want to go back. We are going to... We are going to ramp up the programming here. So, so you got a little pirate radio today because uh, it's just it's hard to pass up the opportunity of getting to do the podcast with each other here. And we have the game on in the background. And uh, as well as I'm going to be flying all day tomorrow. It's going to be tough and we want to get something out on time. But let me just go back real quick to the T.J. Watt Award. I see a lot of sentiment from Steelers fans online that he got ripped off. I don't know how you could categorize it as that. Like... It just really sounds blatantly to me like a lot of people who watched every one of T.J. Watt's games and none of Aaron Donald's games. Or one, I saw him in the playoffs, yeah, it was really good. But look at the stats. You can't compare the stats of an exterior rusher to an interior defensive lineman who's getting doubled every play. I'm not saying that Aaron Donald is blatant his head and shoulders above T.J. Um, I'm just saying they are very neck and neck. So when you're neck and neck like that, you can't... You can't say that he was robbed, right? My, my issue is that, look, this only happened because of one reason. And because the Steelers blew it over the second half of the year and they went one and five at the end of the year. If they just won half of those games, I think T.J. Watt still wins this award. But the taste around the Steelers was so nasty by the end of the year and everybody wanted to see the Steelers fail. So, you know, my jadedness as a football fan grows for sure. Um, but... Uh, the Steelers just had a stench over them. And then to lose in the playoffs like that, especially on a day when Aaron Donald balled out of his mind with broken ribs, you know, and one-manned it against the Seattle Seahawks in the playoffs, that's kind of when we knew, ah, he's going to lose this award. So very unfortunate. I don't think you can say he was robbed. Silver lining is it's a tried-and-true Pittsburgh guy who wins the award again here, Aaron Donald, maybe the greatest defensive player besides Lawrence Taylor ever. And, uh... Yeah, that sucks, but I think that's that's why that happened, and I don't think people should be saying he got robbed. Yeah, you don't uh, you don't get points for any of these awards anyway. I mean, sure, maybe it adds a little bit of padding to these to these 
in these player Hall of Fame uh, contracts, uh, yeah, and everything. It's hard to get excited about it. You actually had a little altercation, maybe that's overstating it, in Twitter today, a little argument about the comeback player of the year. Oh, yeah, not even an altercation, because I wasn't in a conversation with anybody, but Alex Smith won the NFL Comeback Player of the Year Award 50 or 49 to 1, and there is a tremendous amount of outrage, shockingly, about who? Guess who? Ben Roethlisberger. Imagine that, the national media being upset that Ben Roethlisberger gets credit for anything at any point in time. So Ben got the one other vote, and here's my take on this. I am just very annoyed at the way this has been reported. Everybody, uh, you know, I, I retweeted a DD on this where, where the, the tweets are always, here's Alex Smith and list his accomplishment. Basically, coming back from the dead with a halfway severed leg to come back and play a football, a professional football for a year, which is amazing. And then Ben Roethlisberger gets the other vote. No mention of what Ben did. Okay, so here's my take. Alex Smith should have won it. That's fine. I would have voted for him above my favorite player if I had a vote because his leg almost fell off and he almost died. And if you saw the pins he had on his leg, I mean, it was disgusting. It was gross. And that guy came back and played NFL football in a very mediocre fashion, the same way that he other that he always does. So I just wish that you would acknowledge, wait, Ben Roethlisberger... Man who doesn't work out, he doesn't lift weights, and doesn't watch film. This is just a, this is an everyman. This is an everyman that you can't be because he has more talent, his little pinky than anyone has in their entire family genealogy. But this man came back at 38 years old with a shattered elbow and no offensive line to throw for 33 touchdowns against 10 interceptions and 3,800, basically 4,000 yards to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league, lead a team into a 12 and four record came back and was great. Smith came back from a more difficult injury and was aggressively mediocre the same way he always is. And so don't act like Ben, it's so shocking or insulting that Ben even got a vote. There's no, it's a moving target for this award. Is it for performance? Like when Matt Stafford got it, even though he wasn't injured the prior year, he just sucked. And then they were like, hey, you got better. Comeback player of the year. Same with Ryan Tannehill. Like, a minor, what was he injured for, for half the season or something like that? But, so what's it for? The more impressive injury or for the far more impressive player? So, once again, I'll vote for Alex Smith because you're never going to see that story again, really. But don't act like it's a shock that Ben got a vote uh, when in any other year he would have won this award in an absolute landslide. Yeah, no criterion for this stuff. And it's sort of endemic of all uh, football analysis, right? It's an yes. argument you make all the time about not just looking at the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Except for if you look at the numbers in this one, it's pretty, it's pretty stark contrast there. So, yeah, Ben didn't win that, but we knew he wasn't going to win that. Aaron Donald, we kind of had some expectation for that. And uh, it just sucks that TJ didn't win it. Sucks that we didn't get a great Super Bowl. I mean, just so anticlimactic, oh. especially when you don't have your damn team in there. All he wants a good game, and it was utter it was a, crap. It was a sedative. It was a sedative, as you said. There was a long, awkward silence while Cousin Pat and I were depressed when it became apparent that uh, the Chiefs had no chance at overcoming the Buccaneers. And in that silence, uh, Papa Tom from the armchair utters, this game is a sedative. 
which which broke the mood, pretty, broke the ice pretty nicely. But uh, hey, they made it through a COVID season. When we were saying on the podcast, I was saying, I don't even think they're going to be able to do this whole thing. They did it somehow. Hopefully there's some hope on the horizon. The Steelers offseason might be the most interesting we've ever covered. Um, Aside from the interesting and bad and dramatic ways we've covered them before. But uh, the Steelers have all pros at young positions. The salary cap is up by $5 million. Let's see what happens. Let's roll those dice. Hey, just out of curiosity, did any Buccaneers set out the year for COVID? No. None did? Okay. I don't think so. That would have been the worst salt in the wound possible. Oh. To, to sit out and then your team wins the Super Bowl? Oh, that would be brutal, right? So it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31, the Kansas City Chiefs 9. That's a wrap on the 2020 season. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. Go Steelers. Go Steelers. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car... Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.